Before you jump ahead to the episode, we have a super quick announcement for you all. Spotify has added the ability to rate podcasts on a scale from one to five stars, and we are asking that all of you take just a few seconds to find us on Spotify and rate us five stars. Almost all of our listeners come from the world of Apple, so adding a rating on Spotify is a great way to help the show grow. That way we can continue releasing two episodes every single week. Just make sure that you have the latest version of Spotify, listen to at least 30 seconds of one episode, and then they will allow you to leave a rating. Thank you so much to all of you for listening and supporting the show. Let's get into this episode. Shazam! Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We release two family-friendly episodes every week about gaming, and since today is Thursday, that means this is a Twig episode where we talk about this week in gaming. Please make sure to rate us five stars in Apple and on Spotify, and if you would like to help financially support the show and also unlock the ability to get two extra Quick Take episodes weekly, you can head over to MultiplayerSquad.com to see our Patreon page, or you can subscribe through Apple Podcasts. All right, for those of you out there who don't know us, I am your host, Paul, and then joining me, I'll be right here, nice and close so I can speak without alerting the others. It's Josh. <laughs> I don't, I'm lost, Paul. Oh, is, you know the reference. To? I do you know but the reference. I don't know. Is it a Hellblade reference? It is a Hellblade reference, okay. Josh, because I... <laughs> this week I bought Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, and I remember you raving about it, and mm-hmm. uh, I picked it up, played it a little bit this week, so we'll we'll get into that here. But how how's your week been, Josh? It's been good, man. I actually, I, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I actually just binge watched uh, Hawkeye. Uh, over yesterday and today, because I've actually had this is the first like completely lazy weekend that I've had in a long time, and so I ha- I was like, man, I got to get caught up on some shows that I've been meaning to watch. So I watched all six episodes of Hawkeye between this morning and yesterday. I've uh, been getting in a lot of Hollow Knight time, some Demio, some Rocket League, some Halo. Life is good, <laughs> man. Just gaming roulette, huh? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit about Hellblade. Is that okay. right with you if we start out with this? Absolutely. Because I, I right. know I, I can sense it in your voice, Paul. And the only thing I'm going to say is you are playing it in VR, correct? Yes. So when you buy Hellblade, it comes with the desktop edition and VR. I read some reviews on both. People seem pretty split as to which one's better. I decided to play it in VR because our friend Michael Butler talked about playing it in VR. I figured, why not? And uh, so I, I, I've been playing that here over the last two days. Now, you went through Hellblade probably a couple years ago. Yeah, it was probably two, three years ago. And you were a big fan, right? I think it's a very good game. It's got... I, I, I'm on record as saying I think it has some of the best 3D like binaural audio that I have heard in any video game. Mm-hmm. And I think that the struggle that you see Senua go through is incredible. The gameplay itself can be a little slow and a little lackluster at times, but some of the stages in that game are mind-blowing. 
Mm. So and I'm just, I'm a little worried that it doesn't translate to VR because I can hear the hesitation in your voice, Paul. And it's like, I don't know how that game would be in VR. I don't like, I don't know, man. So here's the thing. All right. I love the voice acting. I love the graphics. I love the immersion. I love the fact that the game has no UI at all. All of the game is just based on visuals inside the game and the sounds inside your head. Everything about this game is great, except none of it is fun. There is not <laughs> one ounce of entertainment in any of this, Josh. Oh, no. I this this has got to be one of the most overrated games for my money ever. I think it's beautiful. I think it's got great ideas, but nothing in this game provides any real excitement it's a cool story i would love to watch like a full blown out movie about hellblade right i i'll be the first one to buy a ticket and show up i'll wait outside the theater i'll watch it day one but this game is nothing but walking around and then you solve puzzles by just walking through little like ring they're not portals but they're like rings that when you look through them it changes your perception of the world and so in order to like cross the room or to get access to an area you're really just walking and figuring out the order to walk between these rings and that's all you do there's some very simplistic combat i i think this game might have just been hyped too much before i played it i think if i just discovered it on my own i probably would have been more impressed it's just so slow. The puzzles suck. The combat is it, it's responsive, but it's so repetitious. There's like four different enemies that you play over and over, and there's a couple bosses. I'm exactly halfway through the game, and I've decided I'm not going to finish it. I'm done. No, no, you got to finish, Paul. It gets I watched, way better. I watched in the videos. Half. I watched videos. Did you watch I read like, the summaries. final boss fight? Because it's that's, pretty epic. That's all I cared about. I just wanted to know how the story ended. Uh, the gameplay itself. It's a short game, right? It's like maybe yeah. a seven or eight hour game. I was going to say about eight hours, maybe. And six and a half hours of that is just walking. Yes, that's true. Oh, <laughs> see, if I want a puzzle, if I want a puzzle game, I want to go play like The Witness. Like you and I both love The Witness. I want to play Portal. I want to play games that really knock the puzzles out of the water. It's not really a puzzle game, though. But but that's all this game is. It's just puzzles and occasional combat in between areas. It's the story, man. I, like I, I equate Hellblade more akin to like Firewatch than I would Ugh. like a puzzle game because it's you're living the story of Senua and what she's going through. I mean, the beginning where she's paddling into the land of the dead for how many minutes, know, Josh? Like, the, the I mean, 12 it was minutes? it was a. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't easy to paddle into the land of the dead, Paul. Okay. The world's slowest paddler <laughs> looking at credits. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you do have a point in that the gameplay is a little slow. But the story that that game tells and the way that it tells it between the audio, her very slow journey, mm-hmm. and then the end of the game, because she, th- these are not spoilers, but she goes into a very almost like what hell would be. Sure. And I don't know if you made it to that part, but it's, it's creepy, man. There's just walls of like flesh and corpses and stuff everywhere. And things are coming out at you. And it, it really serves to like put a, 
exclamation point on the slower earlier parts of the game to see how it ramps up at the end. And then the final boss fight in that game I thought was absolutely incredible. Um, again, not from a like Street Fighter combat standpoint, but just <laughs> in the epic showdown of like what goes on and the visuals in that. And that's why I was saying like I love VR, but let's be honest, VR resolution is super bad. You know, and it this is. game's got a lot of very good visuals to it to complement the audio portions, and I feel like that would get lost in the VR aspect. Well, I think what it handles really well is there's a lot of areas where you like crawl through caves to get to the next area, or you'll walk under, like, you're at the side of a mountain, right? And all of those things work so well to just walk around and look at the spectacle around you. The only thing for me is that that novelty kind of wore off after about five minutes. And it's like, oh yeah, I love VR. I haven't played any VR games in forever. We started playing Demio, so now I jumped back into Hellblade. I'm going to jump back into Half-Life Alex because I'm kind of back in the Quest 2 mode. But I, I I hate to come on and just like trash a game that I know most people really enjoyed. I just kind of wish someone had warned me that this game is mostly walking. And then I think I might have been in a better mindset for the first two hours. I kept waiting like, well, when when do the hard puzzles come? <laughs> oh, it does. When when is the hard combat? Like this game is really a walk in the park. Yeah, there's nothing difficult. No, there is nothing difficult. No. There's no difficulty level. Failure does not matter and it actually is kind of hard to fail. It's more it's more like I said, it's more of a visual journey and and that audio journey that goes along with it. The struggle that you see, I mean, you see Senua descending into like the psychosis that she has, coming out of it a little bit falling even deeper into it. There's some cool twists and like plot reveals in it that I thought were really neat, but this is definitely much more of an interactive experience than like a hard-hitting action video game. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just had the wrong expectations. Maybe I'll take a break and maybe in a year or two I'll revisit it. I did get it on Steam sale, so it was only like 7 bucks, so I wasn't out like a whole lot of money. But yeah, this one's just a, it's a no for me, doc. <laughs> well, that's a, see, because the second one, I have been getting very hyped for the second Hellblade that's coming up. They've been, there's some really cool videos that they've done about it too. And I'm really pumped for that. So it's interesting to see that like, hey, I, you would probably have zero interest in that at zero. that point. Yeah. Could not care I think less. It's on, at this point. I, I will say this. I think it's on Xbox, the Game Pass. Um, so mm. for people that have Xbox Game Pass, I'm fairly certain that it is on there. And it, you definitely have to approach it with the right mindset because if you're looking for a, like a melee combat game a la God of War with the whole, like, you know, Viking background and stuff, you will be sorely disappointed. That is not what that game is about at all. Yeah, it does kind of crack me up because some of the tags are hack and slash. And I was like, in no way is this a hack and slash game. Like the combat is simplistic like hack and slash, but it there's just not a whole lot of it. Yeah, this uh, is not a combat oriented game. It does exist no. in the game, but that's not the focus by any means. <laughs> yeah. All right. That that's plenty of, of Hellblade talk. So let's get into some of the news stories this week. I I am so excited to talk about this, Josh. Now, we did our 2021 in review show. We talked about the Game Awards 2021. The Steam Awards just took place this week, and the winners were just announced a little bit less than a week ago from the time of this recording. So if anyone out there is not familiar with the Steam Awards, what they do is they come up 
where Valve comes up with their own categories, and there's 10, and sometimes they're very funny. So you'll have awards like, best game that I really suck at. So these are like my kind of awards where they're kind of non-traditional. And then Steam users get to nominate games. They gather up all the votes, they release the official nominees, and then they have a final round of voting where Steam users get to select the winners. And when I look at this list, Josh, I disagree with a couple nominations, but when it comes down to the winners, I am so proud of my fellow Steam brothers and sisters because I think we really hit this one out of the park. I thought that they nailed almost every winner on this list. I will say I I think I mostly agree with you. Some of the nominations I feel like were almost gamers trolling Steam a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I'm with you. All right, let me let me we'll just do we'll start off with this one, right? The game of the year. Yep. Okay. I'll let you talk about the winner, but some of the nominees for game of the year were New World. That's got to be a troll, right? Amazon's New World. That's got to be gamers trolling Steam going, hey, this is in no way a game of the year contender. That's a nominee that I definitely disagree with. But at the same time, so many people play New World. It kind of feels inevitable that it's going to get nominated just because of the player base when it first came out, even though that is dwindling. I mean, it did sell a ton of copies people were very hyped for it um so that's like one nomination uh there's the i do like the labor of love category we'll talk about that one um all right well i i had to troll new world like i've not seen new world mentioned on any game of the year references on any website anywhere even like the mmo focused websites (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't nominate New World. <laughs> yeah, I, I think most people know it's it's far away from any kind of award category. But Josh, Game of the Year, they picked the same game you and I both said would be our pick for right. Game of the Year, given their time restraint, which is Resident Evil Village. Guess what's not even nominated? It takes Halo two. Infinite? Or it takes two? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. For Game of the Year, that makes a lot more sense to me. I mean, I agree. Resident Evil Village was a great game. Uh, we liked everything about that game. It was very fun to play. It was easy to play through. The story, the graphics, the gameplay, all that is is honestly top-notch. It's we. I think we even said it's one of the best Resident Evil games we've played in many, many years. And so, highly uh, memorable. Agree with it 100%. The characters, Lady Demetrask, you know, like the level design, all of it, great. Some very memorable moments that made our show for the 2021 year in review. Um, Some of the nominees, Valheim, which you and I are huge fans of. I think that was, you know, easily a contender. We already trolled New World. Cyberpunk, famously disappointing to me but still a good game (laughs) like honestly bugs if you if you take the buggy aspect of cyberpunk out it is a very very good video game i would go even farther it's a fantastic game if you're running a machine that can run it if you had like a ps4 and you saw how awful that game looked I wouldn't expect anyone to play that. But these are the Steam Awards, right? These are PC right. users. And a lot of PC users had you know, good enough machines that at least made the game playable. And what I love even more is that Cyberpunk won the category for Outstanding Story Rich Game. And I have told you guys, you know, I, I played through Cyberpunk twice in a row when it released. 
I 100% every achievement in that game. It's one of the best games I've played in the last couple years. I was a little disappointed that I couldn't bring it up in our year-end review because Cyberpunk did release at the end of 2020, but because of the time restraints with the Steam Awards, it qualified here for the 2021. But yeah, I think Cyberpunk's storyline is the best storyline that I've played in like the last five years. I think it's that good. It's really good. I have trashed Cyberpunk repeatedly, but like I said, it is a very good video game. It's got some issues, obviously, but there is not... If if you can play it. Now, I, I'm with you. The people that were playing on last-gen consoles where this game was nigh unplayable and felt like you just took $60 and lit it on fire and threw it in the trash... Different right. story, you know, but like you said, this is Steam, so this is all just PC gamers on this. Um, it's nice to see that it got mentioned for sure. And then the last one on the game of the year list is Forza 5, which sure. I'm not a fan of, to be honest, but I know a lot of people are, so I guess it warrants being on that list. Um, I like that they mentioned VR, man. VR is starting to really get more and more recognition. I know a lot of listeners of the show picked up, you know, Oculus Quest 2s over the holidays and stuff. Um, I like that they had a VR game of the year category. I've only played one of these games, which is I expect you to die <laughs> too, which is phenomenal. It's one yeah. of the, that's one of those games when people say, Hey, I just got a quest. What should I pick up? I always mention that. Um, Paul, I feel like the winner of this category is right up your alley though. <laughs> Oh, for Cooking Simulator <laughs> VR. Surprisingly, I have not played it, despite being yeah. a huge fan of cooking yeah. simulators. Yeah, I uh, I famously have my Quest 2, and I, I never get to play it, because anytime I start playing anything on VR, my kids all of a sudden want to play nothing but VR. I just recently talked about how I bought Returnal and Guardians of the Galaxy for my PS5, and then immediately my kids started playing PS5. So then I was like, fine, then I'll let them play through those games. I'll wait till they're done. I'm going to pick up VR and I'm going to start going through these games. Well, now I'm fighting with my kids every day over the VR. <laughs> and guess who always forgets to charge oh, the no. headset? My kids. No. <laughs> so it's, it's so rare that I'm able to pick up and play VR. But now that they're back in school, that's when I try to squeeze in that time. If I have like a break from work, I'll, I'll, you know, knock out an hour of, of, of VR gaming. Yeah. Did you really, really like under most innovative gameplay that three out of the games are time loop video games? It's because you've it's got Loop goofy. Hero, t- Death Loop, 12 minutes. Clearly, that was like a big thing this year where everyone I mean, just it was to because we, we covered, we didn't cover Loop Hero, but we covered Death Loop, we covered 12 minutes, and we c- covered the Forgotten City. Yeah, which is yeah. a time loop game. And we even joked around and said, look, we're done with time loop games now. <laughs> like, what's with yeah. all of these? It was a neat mechanic that I think, you know, came about. And obviously, it was in development, you know, earlier than 2021, I'm sure. But it was funny that that those three were in that one. Inscription famously made it, which I would have voted for uh as most innovative gameplay to be honest um it mixed a lot of genres and 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 did a lot of really cool things there that would have been my pick for winner in that category i do like (laughs) i I do love the best game you suck at category (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah nio 2 i'm not surprised to see that on the list yeah that's a great category the funny part is is that battlefield 2042 was nominated 
Yeah, and yeah, again, yeah. I feel like you suck at that game because the game sucks in general. So everybody that's playing that game sucks at it because you can't play it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it's it's the worst experience. Yeah, <laughs> you know, especially if you're bad at it and it's a bad game. Yeah, so uh, I, I thought it was fun just reviewing the Steam Awards. I thought, by and large, everyone did a really good job with that. I did also chuckle at the Better With Friends category because it takes two, one. Uh, it takes two. You have to play with a friend. Yeah, you can't like you not literally play that game. <laughs> can't play it without a friend. Yeah. So there's no I UI. Guess... There's no bot. There's no yeah. nothing. It's just if if you don't have a friend, you cannot play. You this can't game. play. Sorry. Yeah. So that one I think like wins by default. But I'm just so proud that Valheim and Cyberpunk and Resident Evil Village were all nominees because I think those are all very well deserving. I, I got to mention it. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but the labor of love category is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal to me because Terraria was the winner. I mean, everybody that's played Terraria loves this game. You and I were, you know, basically like made a bet that if we played it, you know, somebody would join the the Patreon and so we said, "Okay, well we're calling you out." We played it and we loved it. It's a great game. But the games on this list, Terraria, Rust, No Man's Sky. Huge like labors those, of love. Any of I them mean, could win. Still in development, still going on phenomenal games dota 2 and apex legends it's like eh, i mean okay apex is still going around and i don't play dota 2 so um but i thought that category was a really neat one to have and i really enjoyed the nominees in that yeah it's also neat seeing that like last year no man's sky was also nominated for that same award and they were nominated for that award in 2018 uh so it's one of those awards that they keep getting nominated for which makes perfect <laughs> sense because they dragged that game from being terrible into being what everyone agrees is one of the best games out there yeah and it's really incredible that they've done that over the last several years yep yep all right so i, I always love looking at the steam awards because it's just selected by actual gamers not by you know journalists or some companies so i i always love looking at it all right i think the other biggest news story of the week is, you know, I feel like we're always talking about the Xbox Game Pass, but they keep making headlines, Josh. We got to yeah. keep talking about it. We saw news this week that Ubisoft Plus is coming to Xbox Game Pass, which means the game library builds even more. You know, Ubisoft comes with a pretty darn good game library. I think this is really big news. Uh, we keep seeing a little bit more of that, like, conglomeration where we saw the EA Play added to Steam, and we've got Ubisoft coming to Xbox, and, you know, we saw that even Rainbow Six Extraction is going to be available day one on Xbox Game Pass, and, you know, Game Pass just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, it really does. Um, just, just to clarify, the Ubisoft game subscription service is coming to the Xbox consoles. Uh, it, it's saying, you know, and then they, they kind of announced that Rainbow Six Extraction is going to be on Game Pass day one. Um, so it sounds like it's Ubisoft Plus is coming to the Xbox Game Pass. There, that has not been a hundred percent confirmed. They did confirm that Extraction is going to be on Game Pass day one. Um, but here's the here's the thing about all of this, man, because EA Play was part of the Game Pass 
higher tier, whatever they call that one, you right. know, where it's like, Hey, if you get game pass, but then you get this tier, you get all of EA's titles. And I feel like that's, what's going to happen with this Ubisoft plus as well. I'm not a fan of this model, to be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Xbox game pass. I think that's great. I think it gives access to a ton of games for very little price every month for people, especially people like me that tend to bounce around between games. It makes a ton of sense. What I don't want to have happen is like what I have when I open up my Apple TV and I have Vudu, Amazon Prime, Peacock, Disney Plus, Apple Plus TV, uh, you know, Hulu. I mean, I dude, I can't even keep all these streaming services straight anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like, and you're paying for all of these in one form or another. And I don't want games to become that because like I'm gonna troll Ubisoft just a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I love Ubisoft games for the most part. I have recently started to get bored of the same model, which I have voiced in the past as well. But if Ubisoft's games come to the Xbox Game Pass, what difference does it make? Like it, it makes a huge Far, difference. Far Cry three through Far Cry four, five, and six are all the exact same game. Assassin's <laughs> Creed from you know I don't know. Pick one of the eight. You know what I mean? Is they're all the same game, <laughs> Josh? But you get so much more than that. You get okay. So you mentioned Assassin's Creed, Far Cry. You get Riders Republic. You get the Tom Clancy games like The Division. You get Immortals Phoenix Rising. You get the Rayman series. You get Beyond Good and Evil. You get Might and Magic. You get Watch Dogs. Like, there's so many good games. I I completely disagree with you about this model. And I'm going to tell you why I love it so much, right? In, 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 in the bad old days of cable TV, you would have, like, direct TV, and you'd have to pay $140 a month to have everything, including 700 channels you didn't care about. Nowadays... You get to just pick and choose. So if I want, you know, HBO Max and I want stars and I want Disney, well, now I'm only paying my whatever, you know, $40 a month just for the ones I love. And then on rotation, I can just cancel one, pick up another, play whatever games I want for that one month, cancel it. So I feel like this model makes perfect sense. I don't have to spend $60 on a game. I can spend 15, beat that game. Maybe beat two other games and then just cancel it. I love it. I think it's a fantastic model. I I, I love it more and more with each passing day. Paul, do you know the difference between me and you? Is you're the kind of guy you're the kind of guy that will remember to cancel a subscription that you signed up for. Whereas me, I'll just have eighteen of them and completely forget that I need to cancel any of them. Okay, this is not even a joke. I would say half of my Google calendar is just reminders to cancel things. <laughs> it's not even a joke. I, I just pulled up my calendar and sure enough, I see on January 26th, I need to cancel Showtime inside Amazon. <laughs> I have these reminders on my calendar so that way I don't forget. That's all you got to do, Josh. Just, just add it to your calendar. You won't forget. You'll never accidentally pay for that extra month. I love it. It's great. 
It's, I mean, if you're, if you remember to cancel them, then yes, I get that. But ultimately what happens is you wind up spending $120 a month on all these different services <laughs> and forgetting which ones you have. So you never remember to go into them and actually play any of the games. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I, I've got my constant rotation going and, and that's what I like using. I will say you and I chatted before the episode. I had no idea that Ubisoft published so many other games, to be honest. I'm a huge fan of the Might and Magic series. I liked the mm-hmm. Heroes of Might and Magic series um beyond good and evil is is an amazing game uh they've been supposedly developing the second one for i think two decades now um you know the division is a lot of fun i really really enjoyed the division one and two um so you know there there is a lot to be said for what ubisoft does and the as much as i told them assassin's creed and far cry are just fun games to play i just more wanted to poke fun at the fact that it's like if you get this service you're just getting the same game just rehashed over and over and over again uh that's not really the case but i i had to get some good natured trolling in there (laughs) right i i hear you all right, and then uh, I guess just the last thing that we'll mention because we're running short on time here is that we received news this week that a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order is oh, being made, which yes. is not a surprise. But what is a surprise is they're targeting a 2022 release date. Josh, that seems really soon all of a sudden to hear about the game and to hear it's going to come out the same year. We're not used to getting news like this. But I'm sure to some extent they've already been working on it since the first one came out. Obviously, they already have a lot of the assets built, a lot of the code done that they can carry over for a sequel. But I was surprised to hear that, you know, this is one that we didn't have on our anticipated games list for 2022. But this one would definitely have made the cut if we had that news sooner. If I had known that they were targeting a 2022 release for this, it would have 100% have made my games I'm excited about list. I love... Jedi Fallen Order. They just made it free. It may still be free as of this recording on Amazon Prime Gaming. I know a lot of our listeners have picked it up and people are going, hey, this game is great. And I just go, that's what I've been saying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and so the fact that there is a sequel that is very much in the works and apparently is close to being ready status. Now, I mean, this is early in 2022 and they're talking later in 2022. So if at all. If at all, they did actually say, hey, there's a chance it might roll over to 2023, but it seems like even if that's the case, it would be like first quarter of 2023 or something like that. I love this game. I think that I, you know, them making a series out of it makes a lot of sense. The first one is one of the most underrated games uh, that released, in my opinion. Uh, I love that all of the Star Wars universe is gaining traction. I've been watching the Book of Boba Fett. You know, The Mandalorian is phenomenal. I'm, just, I'm a Star Wars nerd. So this is very exciting news. But on top of that, this is the way you do it. You don't announce a game five years ahead of time. I mean, we've been saying this over and over and over lately, is if you get a game that you think is going to be ready in 2022, and you hint at it in early 2022, maybe summer rolls around, and then you announce it and go, hey, by the way, you only have to wait four or five months for this. Yes, please do that more. (laughs) Yes. Certainly not like Star Wars Eclipse, <laughs> oh, where it might, my goodness. it might come out by 2027. <laughs> not a joke. That really is the news. They think it's going to come out in 2026 yeah. or 2027. Yeah, this is this is the way to uh, announce a game. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it, Josh. That's all we got for this week in gaming. 
This time really like we flew by. just got started, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> These episodes do always go very quick. Uh, for those of you who want to come back and join us on Monday, we are going to be doing a deep dive on Little Nightmares 2, which was selected for us by legendary supporter Wainerman. So if you want to come check out how you can support us on Patreon, go to MultiplayerSquad.com. We do have different tiers. The legendary tier means that you get to pick a game that Josh and I have to play and cover as a deep dive. So there are some awesome perks like that. But even if you sign up for the lowest tier, you do get access to the two extra quick take episodes every week. So that gives you a total of four episodes weekly. You can also go all the way back in the old backlog. There's a ton of old quick takes to fly through. Those are always anywhere from like five to 15 minutes. Uh, lately, they've been going more of like the 10 to 18 minutes. We've been getting a little bit chatty. Yeah. They've been yeah. a little longer, but yeah. So there's a little bit of extra content there for you guys. So you can check that out at multiplayersquad.com or subscribe in Apple Podcasts. That's it. Don't forget to give us a rating on Spotify. Those ratings are climbing up. And hey, we were we were talking about this too. The podcast is rising up the Spotify ranks quickly. So even in this short period of time, we're seeing a huge boost from, from people doing that. So if you've already left us a five-star rating on Spotify, thank you very much. If you have not, it takes no time at all, but it really is making a huge difference already. So we would be very grateful to see that continue for those that haven't left a review yet. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to all of those of you who are already supporting us on Patreon or on Apple. And we'll see you guys back for our deep dive on Little Nightmares 2 on Monday. We'll see you guys then. All right. See you, everybody. (laughs) Bye.